Welcome, everybody. You're on Mind Your Biz, and we have Ken DeAngelis from McMurray Stern. How are you, Ken? Good. How are you? I'm always good. So tell everybody about the business. What do you guys do? We do everything from, um, you know, we sell storage solutions and automate uh, right down from kind of menial uh, classic shelving to mobile shelving, racking, lockers, up to they're called vertical lift modules and then warehouse automation conveyor systems and then uh we just added a layer of robotics into it so we well, that's, that's a pretty big layer that's a big layer yeah oh, so yeah. we're trying to skate to where the puck is going um you know we bought the company about three and a half years ago it was kind of steady eddie flat line, not much growth, but not much uh, downside, had great clients anywhere from military to universities to biotech companies, uh, hospitals, et cetera. Um, so we kind of wanted to build off that base, uh, that base business, but also add kind of fuel to the fire and grow it um, and growing it by getting aggressive uh, with acquisitions um, and um, you know internal organic growth. How many how many years were they in business before you guys acquired it? Forty years. Forty years. Yep. Four zero. Wow. Didn't you feel that might be a challenge? Because when you got these companies that are in business so long, they're usually obviously consistent to a degree or they start losing consistency because they're not with the times. So what made you guys think that you could take an old dog and really teach you some new tricks? Yeah. I mean, that's always the, uh, you know, issue and problem. It's definitely, uh, um, you know, when we bought the company, ironically, uh, we, we just, we just had a company retreat out in, uh, you know, Palm, Palm desert. Um, and you know, one of the guys, uh, you know, there was with the company since inception. Um, you know, he wasn't a founder or anything like that. Literally the first employee. So he's been with the company 40 years. Wow. So, um, you know, when we bought their company, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you could do all your due diligence, you know, in the world, it's still, still, still a crapshoot, right? But when we look at the company, it had a lot of intellectual capital and that's rarity these days. It's not like... Uh, you know, our father's working for IBM for you know 40 years and you know start with one company and retire with the company and they get their pension. But in this case, there was a lot of intellectual capital, right? There's people been here 40 years, 30 years, 25 years, etc. Mm. So it was how do we build off that base and add growth to it? Now, that being said, um, that's that's always easier said than done because. Uh, a lot of the older school people kind of stuck in their own ways and don't, you know, are resistant, resistant to change, right? And that's right. always the balancing act and the challenge. So, wow, you know, the opportunity. So now, were you able to convert all these great pre-existing clients into some of your newer products or, or newer designs? Um, some of them... You know, we are, um, and, uh, you know, some of them uh, are just turning out to be just, just newer clients. 
So, um, gotcha. So, but you know, listen, it's you, you know, you want to move kind of you know upstream. Um, so it's uh, you know, for instance, uh, a client, a big university right now, it's uh, you know, traditionally they've been ordering us you know, every couple of years and, you know, have a big campus and libraries are kind of done in the traditional sense, right? But now it's, you know, what traditionally was kind of mobile shelving is now uh, different applications where there's kind of, instead of there's librarians going down in the basement and taking it, it's actual um, called AMRs, uh, which are autonomous mobile robots. I'm going out and actually picking the bookshelves, bringing them to a lift, and then lifting them up to the potential, you know, the client or the, the reader. So it's, you know, that is always a learning process, right? So, <laughs> you know, uh, for the end user because they don't know a lot of this exists today. Right. So tell me, tell me about some of the newest, most innovative systems that you guys are integrating into your company that maybe the common household isn't even aware of yet that this technology exists? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what happened or, you know, I guess what's going to happen is going to happen, right? But then there's always certain events that trigger or propel those events. Uh, One, obviously, being the pandemic, right? So um, a lot of people were frozen um, during the pandemic, right? And, you know, listen, you had to act fast. Um, people had to pull credit lines. You know, I know, you know, companies that, you know, just weren't collecting on their accounts receivable, right? If you didn't pull your credit line and ask for forgiveness 60 days later, you could have been, you know, a great company per se, but your cash flow was just, you were out, right? So they went belly up. Um, so that sense was kind of, okay, play defense at first, and then it was time to go on the offensives. Um, and what the pandemic really did is, you know, again, it was happening anyway, the younger generation is doing it, but people, you know, said, Hey, we could order groceries online just efficiently. Uh, we could, you know, do the postmate, we could do the, you know, (laughs) you know, name that, name that app. And get your products, you know, to your door in an hour or less. So, you know, what what that that's done is kind of train trained, you know, certain people, you know, work from home, et cetera, that they want these services, but they want them faster, right? So um, what I'm getting at is it's called micro fulfillment and it's happening faster. So, you know, the if you drive out to Inland Empire in Los Angeles, you'll see these kind of massive distribution centers. Um, and then they kind of serve, you know, Southern California, right? But what's happening now is people want their goods and services quicker to the door, right? So what's happening now are these going to become dark stores? So they're actually going to be like kind of stores. They could go into old retail. They could go into warehouses. 10 to 20,000 square feet and there's only going to be like two or three people in them and what they will do is kind of service the client where 
of the ordering of food or services or goods um, and get them to the customer faster. So the back end of it is kind of what we're going to do, um, you know, for the client. So the, those systems, you know, there's robotic systems out there, high robotics and panic robotics, and um, we kind of design those systems and, and put it together. So this is really an answer to the shortage of labor and to keep companies efficient and growing. What do you say to people that say, hey, you're trying to take away jobs with all this automation? Yeah. Well, that's a great question because it's so people don't want to do those jobs. You know, that that's that's the thing. anymore, Right. It's just like, I mean, I, I've heard that, you know, I'm 46. I've heard that, you know, I'm still young. I've, you know, they said that about, you know, Henry Ford and the Model T, you know, it's just <laughs> it, it's you kind of you move upstream. Right. You keep moving upstream. It's just. We, we just got to teach new skills, right? It's just like when Murray starts hiring, we can't find enough, you know, employees right now, period. You know, and it's just like, you know, some, you know, as low as $25 an hour up to, you know, $30, $45 an hour up to $170,000, you know, including bonus. So it's before the pandemic, you know, you had a different situation. You got unemployment, you know, hovering around, three and a half, four percent, right? And then we have, uh, you know, Starbucks out in person, you know, a couple hundred thousand square feet. They were offering $30 an hour for warehouse jobs and paying your tuition. Wow. Uh, any school. So if you got in Harvard, they paid tuition. I mean, that was, it. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I, I wish I had those jobs and opportunities. But I was, and that, this is a stepping stone. These aren't permanent jobs, right? So just moving upstream, we can hire an installer for you know twenty five dollars off the street, and then we'll pay for his training, and then they can learn how to train robotics. You know, if they if they want to, you know, three, four, or five years down the line. So there's a career path. So now, how do you how do you keep these guys honest, guys or girls? Obviously, when you take them in, you pay them to do the their entry-level job, and then you're paying for all this extra education or certification. How do you keep them from learning and using all your resources and then going to another company? Is there some kind of contract that keeps them in the company? Uh, more entry-level. We don't have a contract. It's, 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 uh, it's a challenge, right? Um, but, you know, it's... Uh, you know, every, everyone's got the same challenge, right? It's just, but, you know, as I alluded to be prior, just, you know, we just had a retreat out in, you know, Palm Desert where it's, you know, you know, we did some work, we did some play, you know, it was fun, which kind of train, you know, changing that culture, you know, I want to work hard, play hard type of thing. Um, and trying to create, a, you know, a family type, you know, atmosphere, um, and then also, you know, what I was alluding to before is, you know, if we kind of invest in people and their education and give them a shot, you know, listen, not every person's going to work out, but there's always going to be people that surprise you and kind of want to move up in an organization. 
So, um, you know, that's that's the irony of the situation. Getting back to your original question, right? It's just, you know, hey, you know, we're going to take away all these jobs, but it's just like we're in the automation business and you can't find people, you know? It's wow. just like, you know, and it's across the board, right? I have friends that own McDonald's franchises, you know, they, they can't find people. No one wants right. to do the job. So it's just, you know, that that is the biggest you know, problem today. I mean, look at the ports and, you know, Los Angeles, you know, and San Pedro, it's 40% of our goods and services come through the uh, goods and you can't find people to unload it. It's, it's just, you know, if you don't automate, then if you can't get, you know, there's no truckers and there's no this and there's, you know, no farmers and everything like that. It's just like, what's, what's the alternative? We all starve, you know, it's just, it's, so, um, but, you know. Wait, so tell me what it, Ken, tell me what this does to a company like yours. You know, you have a pretty big company, has some really kind of complex products. You know, you got robots, you got big modular shelving solutions. So when you can't find the labor, whether it's low level or some of your higher techie guys, uh, what is it really doing to you as a company? Is it is it gi- giving you... I don't know. Is it is it making you more disheartening, and, and it kind of prevents you from growing because you know you can't without the infrastructure? Does it does it slow you down in some way? Uh, does it keep you capped at a certain level? What is it really doing to you? Yeah, slow me down. Yeah, but I think if you stop moving, then you know you're gonna again coming back to the pandemic. The people you get paralyzed. Yes, you get frustrated. You go home. You take a deep, you know, deep breath, you know, you go for a run or whatever, it kind of clears your mind and then you got to act, right? It's, the thing is, is, you know, I look at it as solving for X, right? You solve, you know, we have engineers here at the company. It's, you know, you just, you're just solving the next problem in front of you. But when, when I look at it, it's just like, everyone's got the same playing field, right? And Kind of my opening speech at the the retreat was all the issues we have, um, you know, listen, I, I didn't plan it this way, is bullish for our company, right? Long term. It's just like all the lower, you know, menial jobs that people don't want to do anymore. You know, you know, Starbucks, as I said, you know, $25, $30 an hour free tuition. It's just in good times and now not so great times, people don't want to do that work anymore. They don't want to be in a, you know, be in a cold storage freezer. I don't know if you ever were in one, <laughs> you know, put, picking out. Oh, yeah. you know, Frigid. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a great job, right? It's just like, you know, no one wants to work at a, you know, a steel mill anymore. It's so these are, you know, you know, these are just different, you know, you know, tough jobs. We're not you as know. tough as we used to be, Americans. No, we're not. We, they don't make us the same anymore. No, it's it's true. But, you know, on the innovation side, it's just like we're, you know, a very innovative country. And our, uh, you know, diversity in the background, I think, is our, our strength, right? So that's kind of, that kind of ties into what we're doing. So, Absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm curious, are you getting some of these fresh ideas 
the innovative ideas, you know, the next level of storage and automation? Is this coming from the young blood coming into the company or, or this is the seasoned intelligent capital that's been working there for many years and they're starting to see the future? Like who's really coming up with the, the fresh ideas? It's a little bit of both, um, you know, on the, the higher level, um, you know, there is a just, you know, for for one, you know, it's hard to find um, salespeople in this industry, right? Because it's so hot. You have Intelligrated, you have uh, um, Dematic, you have uh, fashion, you know, solutions, you have all these startups, you know, people throwing ridiculous valuations, you know, at these companies with like no revenue, you know, four or $500 million. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of money in our space. There's a lot of growth in our space, which is good. You know, the, the hard part is attracting that new talent, right? How do I get that in selling? We're not selling widgets or pencils, you know, you can't bring a, you know, a salesman off the street and, you know, a lot of what we're doing, it's, it's, you know, it's engineering, right? So you, you just, you know, to get someone from engineering school, get them up in training, you know, that's a three, four year investment, you know, at best, so you get a return on that person, right? So how do you fast track that, right? It's just like, you know, we're looking at, at two companies right now, which um, kind of be mergers and acquisitions, right? That That's a way to fast track, you know, you're essentially buying teams and clients um, and kind of, you know, playing under that, you know, smaller space under the private equity kind of space, right? Um, so, but who's coming up with it? Mostly right now is a senior uh, people, but you know, there's a lot of smart young talent out there. Um, it's just attracting that talent, right? It's it's getting aggressive at these engineering schools, or maybe they're you know two three years out. We just recruited someone from uh, actually two engineers from Washington. They're you know very bright, um, and you know my goal is to create a kind of performance culture put the right people in place. Uh, we're building out a tech center right now in Santa Fe Springs, um, getting all our products out there to showcase that. that you know, there would be no other company on the West Coast that has that. Uh, most of them are kind of in like places like Detroit and Indiana, you know, nothing against that, but who really wants to go to those places in December, you know, come out here and go to Orange County and, you know, Disneyland with your family and come by our tech center, you know, the Thursday or Friday before and have open houses um, to showcase our latest products. So, you know, these, these are just kind of, you know, some initiatives when, and when I say it's just kind of clients, you know, we're attracting with the tech center, but it's also attracting talent, right. And retaining that, keeping, keeping these, uh, you know, these engineers, you actually said something interesting where when you sometimes get this talent out of college, these engineer uh, students or graduates, and you could be investing in them for years, literally several hundred thousand dollars before you can see if they're a real talent that can add value to your company. So 
and we have to, you know, I have to imagine they're, they're all not winners. Let's face it. So you could be literally out of hundreds of thousands of dollars before you realize that that, that person is not adding value. So just thinking out loud, I mean, couldn't some, maybe a solution to that be having these grandiose contests, engineering contests that kind of linear to what you guys do to, to try to get a step ahead and see what students are really thinking out of the box or really coming up with some fresh ideas with some cash prizes, obviously, because if you're willing to invest a few hundred grand on a person that may not work out, you know, why not 10 grand, five grand, 20 grand uh, on contests? Yeah, that's, that's good for kind of, you know, R and D kind of product type stuff. Um, it's not always one size fits all. So even if you have, you know, what Amazon's doing, it's just like everyone thinks Amazon is so automated. It's kind of conveyor sort. sort. Um, so they, you know, right now they're going to hire 200,000 people for the holidays and just throw people at it, right? It's like the more products you have, the harder it is to automate it, right? So um, the more SKUs you have, the harder it is to automate, right? Gripping, a, you know, a scissor versus, you know, a phone is is different, right? The computer has got to learn that. Um, but in terms of, you know, what you're saying too, it's, you know, we kind of need more than that, right? We need the interaction, you know, with the clients. We've got to get the client's data and analyze that, right? And come up with solutions, you know? And, and then in terms of our sales people on the automation, um, not, not the non-automation or have to have an engineering background too, right? So even if we have the best salesman out there from the best company, um, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a two-year investment before they get a first sale. So, wow. And, you know, mind you, those, those sales are, you know, could be 10, 15, $20 million and up, you know, but it's, you know, the sales cycle is lower with the larger, you know, which larger companies just have a slower sales cycle and bigger process. So that's, you know, getting, you know, a guy two years or a gal two years out of um, college, you know, you got to be able to talk to a seasoned COO or E-suite level and, you know, get, have that self-confidence, right? <laughs> Um, and say, why, why are we going to go with you on a 10, $20 million system? So that's, that's kind of like the, the challenge, right? And it's, you know, you know, in, you know, an older person, if, you know, has a little gray hair, Hey, I put this in blah, 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 this place or this place is that level of confidence. Right. So I think, you know, you kind of need that, that balance. Tell me, tell me also about some of the bigger industries that are not as easily receptive to this new innovation of automation and solar solutions and, and everything you're doing that, that really can use it the most. What, what industries are really just maybe just so old school and so rigid, but that you're finding it hard to, to get them to understand 
and to adapt with these new innovations? I mean, what I just uh, said before, I don't know what the count is up, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I drive along the place to work, you know, my drive to, to work and cut inland, but there's a, there's a armada of ships out there, right? In Long Beach, um, all the way down to Orange County, all the way up to LA, there's a hundred ships, right? So if you took that, just let's look at the, the space, right? So everyone's just like, oh, why can't we just unload the ships? Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons, right? Um, I'm not gonna go on all of them, but let's just say you and I were able to you know, hire the military and, and helicopter all the you know, ships off. Okay, there's anywhere from 65,000 to 100,000 square feet of container space, okay? Where do we put that space? Every, I mean, depending where you are, you know, Inland Empire, I think it's a 1% vacancy factor. We're in Santa Fe Springs. I think it's, you know, one. Um, and that changes, you know, daily, depending on a lease being signed, right? So there's, there is no place to put those containers right now, right? So, you know, that's a hundred, you know, that's, that's, you know, you know, 100 million square feet or 65, you know, somewhere from 65 million square feet, 100 million square feet. So there, there's no way, no, no space to, to put that. So what we're doing right now is kind of we're targeting these companies. Hey, we can't help you get these, you know, these containers off the ship, right? It's, you know, we can't hire, you know, get, you know, helicopters and <laughs> Take them off the ship, but like once you get them off the ship, a lot of these uh, companies in the lower middle market uh, space are constrained, right? They don't want to um, move, or they can't move, right? Um, and but they're not maximizing their space. They're doing it the old school way: fork, fork truck, rack. You know, the fork truck needs 12 feet to get through on both sides, right? And they can't hire the fork truck people, as you know, as alluded to before, there's a labor issue. And then there's a real estate issue, right? A space issue. Right. So we that. It's just like, hey, you know, if they're using, let's just say they have 100,000 square feet and they're 23 high, they're probably... You know, if you condense the aisles where the the uh, Ford truck is going, condense the aisles, you're you're getting back probably, you know, 25 percent of the space, right? So you're condensing all that space and you're kind of packing it in. You know, it's kind of like when you pack or your wife packs for you, like I can't fit it, honey, and she knows how to fold your underwear and you get, you can get it into the suitcase. Um, but so, and then that's one thing. And then they're probably only using 10, 12 feet high, right? So there's all that cubic feet, almost sometimes of air they're not using. Um, and then they don't know any better, right? So, and you know, some of these companies are 10, 20, 50, 100, $500 million, right? And they just kind of always thought of the old way because they never, they never had to. They always had labor, they never had, um, uh, real estate constrained space. Um, so 
that's that's kind of where you know where we come in right we can help with the labor issue and then we can help with um you know making space making space where they never thought they would have right fine we're working you know under nda but they're uh you know pretty big uh golf um you know manufacturer and distributor and they want to stay where they are you know and you know they don't have many options not to it's just like stay where they are and make do out of their current space or you know they try to build you know a couple hundred thousand square feet out in the inland empire you know we'll take them you know five years to do and x amount of capital right so it's um you know that that's that's what you know we're doing um you know also it's just like a lot of people think oh just you know get space in you know nevada or wherever but it's it's not really cost effective as i was talking about before is everything is about speed right now yeah. it's you know you know, I don't know how old you are, but you know, in the old days, it's oh, Sears catalog that was six months, right? And then, <laughs> and then the internet, and then it was thirty days, and then yeah. now it's forty-eight days. But then, you know, it comes down to the last mile. But what's really now coming down to is kind of like the last hour, right? It's right. how do these companies like go pop that you know raise I don't know how much you know we're at five billion dollars right now is getting your gorilla, getting your delivery into 30 minutes or, or less, kind of like the Domino's. That's wild. So you need to be close to the customer, right? So like even all these old big facilities, a million square feet that are in the inland empire, like how do you get your product out, you know, to someone in San Diego and then drive up to LA and, you know, one day, it's just, it's, it's not it's not feasible, right? So you need kind of better solutions to do that. So. Right. Well, Ken, man, clearly your company is, is definitely uh, going to be a big part of the future because the more crap we need, the more crap we have to store and we got to do it quick and efficiently. Um, and automation is definitely the future robotics like you said, less people are doing the jobs of years ago. You know, that people don't do these laborious jobs anymore. We need a shift in, in education and go more towards engineering and being able to um, keep these new innovative products and services moving. And that requires a whole different level of skill set. I don't know. You're, you're in the right business for sure. Uh, you guys have been around a long time and um, you got some new automation innovation going on and uh that that is the future it's just creating space being able to get to things quickly get them out to me that's you gotta you gotta win a company so clearly you did your research and and, and you know the future right yeah i mean if you don't know the future you, you create it yourself right <laughs> that's right that's exactly it so you heard it from ken you don't know the future make the future and that's yes. it job said it best you know, it's just like, well, a lot of people don't know what they want until they get it, right? So you got to give it to them, and then they know what they want. Absolutely. 
Well, Ken, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's really been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, clearly, um, you're on the new wave of innovation. You, you're bringing uh, all the old dogs of that, that historical company into a, a whole new uh, world. So I think it's great. It's challenging. Um, and we need guys like you to, you know, keep the future going and, and get it more efficient. So uh, I definitely praise you on um, taking your company to the next level. Well, I appreciate it. For sure. So if anyone wants to just check them out, they really got some really cool uh, storage solutions and automation. You can check out their website. They got videos. Uh, is it McMurrayStern.com? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Is there anything else uh, that you need to share with our audience uh, so they can walk away with some really good information about the future? Um, you know, I had kids late and three and a half and five. Um, it's funny, just before this, uh, I walked into uh, one of my engineers' uh, recent hire and I, I asked them, what made you want to get into engineering? Because, you know, just coming back to that, um, that notion is we're taking away the jobs. There's going to be so many jobs out there, high paying jobs, right? If we could get our kids interested in engineering there, trust me, there'll be <laughs> plenty of employment making a lot of money. So uh, I agree. That is, uh, um, you know, engineering schools, even getting, you know, you know, whiz kids, you know, whatever it is at a younger age, getting kids interested in engineering, that's, that's definitely, um, definitely something that is uh, not going away anytime soon. So, so you heard it, people, engineers, we need them. But you know, what we got to do, Ken, we got to create, you know, big influencers on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook that are engineers and cool. So that's what we need to do first. And then everyone will want to be an engineer. Tom Musk is pretty damn cool, right? <laughs> right. I don't know, you know, there's a lot of rock star engineers out there. So it's just, um, listen, I mean, uh, mechanical engineers, software engineers, um, electrical engineers, controls engineers, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, you know, if you don't have an engineering background, it's, you know, you're going to be, you know, being competing with someone, someone that does, right? It's just, right. Well, you heard it, people. We need engineers. We need innovation. Let's go. Thanks again, Ken, uh, for coming through and telling us about your company, McMurray Stern. And uh, thank you most of all for letting us mind your biz. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. It. Take care, Ken.